Welcome to the Essay for FA's Retirement Advisor podcast, a series that addresses issues of importance to financial advisors when dealing with the preeminent issue on their clients' minds, namely their desire for financial independence. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today, as part of an occasional series of interviews with practicing financial advisors, we will speak with Mike Hennessy of Harborcrest Wealth Advisors in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, whose practice caters to boaters who live or work in proximity to the yachting capital of the world in sunny South Florida. We will speak with Mike in just a moment, but first, this word on behalf of our sponsor. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Hey, Gil. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Your website has an intriguing opening message. It reads, sun on your face, wind in your hair, sand at your feet, that's what financial freedom feels like. My podcast series is all about achieving financial independence, so I think it's helpful to get a perspective on how this is defined by different people. Tell us a bit about your clients and how you developed this niche. That's a great question. The reason that we fell into this niche is, one, I'm an, I'm an avid boater. I have been my whole life. Uh, I'm particularly interested in the small business community. Part of that is really helping them understand the intersection of their personal finances as well as the business finances. You know, a lot of times we see small business owners and they're pouring their heart and soul, they're putting all of the sweat equity back into the business. And we find that they often let a lot of their personal finances lag. And so what we do is help them take that step back, take a look at, at both balance sheets, the personal balance sheet and the business balance sheet, and help them figure out where they would like both to go. When you when you rip that open and show them that view, it really is just the sense of clarity that they really haven't thought of in, in quite some time. And so that's what we help small business owners do. Now, within that boaters and business owners group, there are sort of two main groups that we serve. One is effectively Gen X accumulators, people that are have started their business, you know, they, they, they're plowing a lot of time and effort and money into it, but they don't, they haven't necessarily thought about what they need to do for their retirement. And they just frankly don't have a lot of time to figure this all out. So we serve them from sort of a delegation perspective. We're there to be their easy button. They pass the problems to us and we help solve them. And then on the other side, we also help out a good portion of our clients with retirement planning. So we have a, a group of, of people in the boomer generation that have built a strong business that are sort of at the top of their game and they see a retirement coming on the horizon, but they don't know what they want to do next with that. And so we help them craft that exit strategy, whether it's passing it down to somebody within the family or selling to an external buyer, get the business ready for that exit, and then help them transition that over to their personal finances. And so it's it's a definitely a gratifying experience to be able to serve both. I can speak from the experience on the Gen X side, because that's my generation. And then I've always been intellectually curious about what retirees have to do, and then kind of combining this all together and helping manage every aspect of their financial life, from the small business side to the estate planning side to the education planning side. Well, I'd like to hear you talk to, talk about your generation. But first, I want to ask you this. The average yacht sells for well over $8 million. I'm sure the docking fees and maintenance aren't cheap either. I assume you're starting out with well-paid professionals, but what is the process by which you help them build their wealth and have enough for retirement? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And a lot of times the yacht is involved with that. And so the way that we operate is we, we are a full financial planning and investment management firm, and we have expertise on the retirement planning and the investment management side. But where we don't have the expertise in-house, we work with close partners in the area to help out. So for instance, particularly around business exits, you know, we have a group of investment bankers and attorneys. The way that we view it is as we're the librarian, if you will, and we know where the books are and just have to go to the right shelf to find it to help that person build their wealth. 
The reason we think this strategy works best, particularly with our clients, is that if you go simply to an accountant, they're going to look at one-year return and build that plan for you and, and move forward on a year-by-year basis. We're trying to take a multi-year, multi-decade approach to it and also touch on all aspects of somebody's financial life, which the accountant may be missing something because they didn't necessarily see the documents. Uh, we'll see if we're talking about something within the business uh, or if we're talking about something with their kid's education. So we we have that comprehensive view and we can sit on top and watch over everything that's happening. You know, we're, we are building the skill sets internally to handle a lot of it. But for cases where we do need some specialty and some uh, work to work with people that have uh, particular skill sets or, or registrations even, we have a stable of, of partners that we work with on that. And particularly, uh, for instance, you mentioned the yacht. You know, I'm, I'm certainly not a yacht broker nor nor the attorney to draft up the agreements or the LLCs if the yacht's going to go in there, for instance. But we work with partners to help get that done. We're really there to kind of advance the ball across all of these fronts to use the sports analogy. Okay, let's go back to your generation. What's the basic approach you follow for allocating portfolios and defending against risk for younger investors? The message that we try to get across is it really is time in the market and not timing the market. You know, we, we've certainly seen clients that love to do a little bit, little bit of day trading in their own types of accounts. But we want to say, let's plan for that day when you want to retire, when you want to spend more time with your children, or if you want to scale back and you know work four days a week. Are there ways that we can optimize things to better your income so that that works to kind of outsource different items uh, within your small business so that you can do that, but at the same time also plan for your future. And so the strategies that we are employing are are generally uh, long-term, low-cost, and diversified. We use a lot of dimensional funds for that. Uh, That's a strong piece of our investment philosophy. We agree with those sort of factor tilts that they they offer and, and the research is very compelling. In fact, I, I saw a chart the other day or a series of charts the other day. You know, it was that typical Skittles chart where, where we all see the, the one-year returns and how they vary so much over time. But then when you start to average those out and look at five-year returns, 10, 15, 20, 30, you really do see all of the typical dimensional factors, the, the value tilts, the the small the small firm the you know the uh, on the bond side some of them were the, the more duration tilts they really do work over the long term and so what we like to do is to help for the accumulators to say you're not going to want nor need to touch this money for 30 years let's invest it with that horizon you know some of them are certainly more risk averse and so we do we do take a series of surveys to understand what their tolerance is because it's important as i said in the beginning that they stay in the market and they don't get out when when things get bad now granted we haven't necessarily seen many bad patches over the past 10 years absent that the pullback that we saw at the end of 18 but we think we've been successful to, to kind of train our clients towards that. But of course, anytime there's hiccups in the market, you always get the call because people are, are listening to the news and they want to know what's going on. And so you have to constantly reiterate that message of, you know, you don't need this money tomorrow. We're saving this for your future. This is what's going to happen. This is why we're doing what we're doing. This is what we talked about when we developed your plan and, and we're able to kind of coach them back uh, into staying the course. You alluded to the duration of the bull market. Do your clients express fear that it won't last? They do. And they have every year from, you know, 2012 through 2019. And every year they're worried that next year will be the year. And I I certainly don't want to suggest that there will never be a bear market. It invariably will come. That's just how markets work. That's how cycles work. But we want to make sure that we're not investing around that point because you certainly don't know when that will be. You know, if you look at 2008 on a chart over a, a two-year span, it looks horrific. If you look at it over a 30-year span, you know, it's by and large nearly a blip. Now, I, I don't want to certainly make it sound as though like 20, 2008 was not a difficult time. But if you're invested for a retirement that's 30 years from now, 
there are things we can do in those instances to make sure that you'll get to where you need to go, including things like rebalancing back into the equities as things potentially fall in some sort of future bear market. And so we're preparing our clients now for that eventually, for that that eventual time. But when that time comes, we hope a lot of the prep work that we've done will kind of have them trained enough to know that this will be our response and this is how they should be thinking about their portfolio. Now, that certainly does change though when we talk about our retirees. I don't know if you want to switch over to that or not, but that that approach has to be different when you're thinking about the retirees and them managing their distributions potentially into a bear market. Well, you guessed correctly. I do want to talk about that. Once your client is within a year of retirement or in retirement, does the investment mix change? Yeah, that's a, it's a fantastic question, and it's one that's it's, you know vexed a lot of professionals for a very long time. Our approach is to look at the five years before and five years after as that fragile decade. We don't simply want to look a year before retirement. At that point, it's almost arguably too late. Now, granted, we, we've had the tailwinds of positive uh, bull markets for the past several years, but we like to take a sort of a, a scaled approach as somebody approaches retirement to adjust their portfolio for that sequence of return risk, the risk that you'll have to start taking distributions when the market's at its lows. And so we work with an investment manager to help us effectively create a bond laddering approach for our retirees so that their cash flows are immunized for several years, whether it's two, three, five, ten, seven, whatever, whatever the number is, it's based on an individual client by client basis. But we want to immunize cash flows for several years so that when there are these bear markets coming and, and when they do hit, we're not worried about what do we do with the market's down 20%. We've already immunized all of those cash flows. Now, granted, there certainly can be surprises that come up over time, but if we have a general sense of the expenses that you have and the lifestyle that you want to live, we can plan for that. And so we build these these bond ladders so that that our retiree clients, they know that they they effectively are, are fine for the next five years. They can run it out. They can, you know, kind of ride through the, the temporary turn in the market. And, you know, over time, people who are invested in the market are generally rewarded for taking that risk. And so we don't know if it'll be two, three, five, seven, ten years, but we're planning to at least give them the opportunity to get through that fragile decade and not have to take distributions at the lows. Uh, that also allows us to invest that equity piece perhaps a little more aggressively because it's that longer term growth piece. And so you can you know, layer on some of those factors that we discussed previously, some of the, the small cap, the value uh, tilts within that growth portion of the portfolio, because we know that a good portion of their expenses for several years now are taken care of and immunized by these bond ladders that we create. Now, as yours is an affluent clientele, am I right that tax considerations weigh heavily on this group? They sure do, yes. And and that is it's an amazing thing that we see that clients in this group that come to us that haven't worked with us yet, they've never adjusted their portfolio or their strategy after the tax law change. It, it still is the same approach, and that certainly isn't the right approach. There are considerations, particularly post T, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, where you need to adjust the way in which you're either itemizing your deductions, if you're charitably inclined, doing things like bunching and if you have IRAs and are over 70 and a half even doing things like things like QCDs to help you know lower your taxable income and take care of things like Irma surcharges and, and Medicare uh, taxes and the like so a lot of these people have not necessarily looked at that and it, it's frankly astounding it in some cases where people aren't considering that a lot of times as well we see kind of older structures that were built when the uh, estate 
uh, limit was a lot lower. And some of those structures don't necessarily work as well now. And so we're trying to help our clients figure out what is the best on a go forward basis because they're dealing with larger income tax issues as opposed to estate limit issues now. Now, those things can certainly change and, and the election may change. And certainly by 2025, at least, a lot of these limits will be sunset. So we don't know what the future will bring on that front. But we like to bring optionality to the table so that we can say, if these series of things happened, this is how we will adjust your financial life, whether it is your investments, whether it, it, they are the trust that you have, whether it's a way that you're going to hand down this, the business or, or sell the business or give your assets to your heirs. We need to be prepared for all possibilities, and we're, we'll constantly monitor and adjust based on what we're seeing and what, what happens uh, in both the regulatory and the political environment. And so we, we really do value that optionality. We think it's important to not simply set and forget a lot of these. And even we see that on the investment side, people will make an allocation, they won't rebalance, and all of a sudden, they're way, way heavy in equities when they, when they frankly shouldn't be at this stage of the game. And so our approach is to just constantly be proactive with the way in which we're working with our clients, not only on the investment side, but touching all aspects of their financial life. And what do you recommend for retiring clients? Do they take lump sums or do you prefer that they annuitize some of their income? What's your approach to the distribution stage? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and the short answer is that, as all financial advisors like to say, is it depends. It is certainly a client-by-client -client decision what we choose to do. And the reason that's the case is people's risk tolerance, their individual situations vary greatly. And on, if we go back to, to the discussion when we talked about the accumulators, just making sure that you're in the market and, and letting things compound in your favor over years and decades, you know, by and large, that is going to work. But the retirement distribution question is, it's a fantastic question and it really must be individualized. And so we have some clients that are comfortable me being more aggressive with the risk allocation. And so we don't necessarily need to recommend things like annuities. And on the other hand, we do have clients that, that really feel the need for a, a guaranteed income source outside of Social Security. And so we help them implement that. While we are an AUM-based firm, we are not opposed to using insurance products where they're necessary. We view all of these individual financial products as tools. And for us, it, we, we really feel the need to try to implement what is best for the client regardless of the compensation scheme that we get. So if a client is severely risk averse, they, they were used to getting a paycheck, you know, twice a month, they're very worried about how that portfolio will be able to generate income, whether it's through div dividends or, you know, converting over some of their tax deferred accounts. It may make sense for that client to have an annuity and, and we're happy to work with providers to help them implement that. And so long story short on that is that it is very individualized and we try to work with what the client has from a risk tolerance and risk capacity perspective, and then also looking at the asset base of what we can do with all of these financial tools uh, in, in the box. Apart from all the quantitative stuff, what is what does client success look like at a more human level? You know, if there's one overarching problem or, or theme or issue that we see all the time, it's people being unintentional with the way that they've approached the retirement decision and how they want to live their life in retirement. And we view it as this is your greatest transition. And so it's almost a point to, if you would like, reinvent yourself, really think about what you want to do for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And it's this wonderful opportunity where you can pick 
whatever you want to do. But what we like to impress is that let's be intentional about it. Let's not just fall into the usual go play golf five days a week and then in six months you're tired of doing that. Let's really have a deep conversation on what value, what values are important to you, what initiatives are important to you. Do you want to go back and learn a new skill set and, and apply it in as a you know a part-time job or a part-time consulting sort of arrangement? And so we've had several clients where, to be honest, we, we've heard the wife kind of say to us when the, when the husband was, wasn't around saying, you know, I'm worried he's sitting at the computer, he's staring at the screen, sort of wishing for the old glory days, if you will. Can you help us make him feel fulfilled in his life. And while we are not therapists, we're not licensed as that, we do know some of the touch points and things we can do to help clients find that purpose. And so whether it is things like a volunteering initiative, or as I had mentioned, learning a, a new skill or a hobby that, that was a hobby that they'd like to expand, it's really important to be intentional and find that purpose. And so in that one example, we, we help that, that client, that, that husband kind of find a new initiative, particularly around volunteering. And it really kind of changed their outlook on life. And, and it was something they hadn't considered. They were in corporate finance for a while. You know, they were, they were top of the world. And then when, when they retired and they went through that period of partying for the first six months of retirement, they realized that was unsustainable and didn't know what to do. And then with guidance from us, helping figure out where they wanted to go with their life, it really changed their outlook. And I'm happy to say that I think we had a, I think we had a strong impact with that. Now we do a lot on the financial side and that's sort of the blocking and tackling that, that all financial advisors have to do. But really connecting on the emotional side with your, with your clients is I think where a lot of the value comes to the table from being a financial advisor. And that's honestly what I enjoy most. I love geeking out on all the fun tax and estate issues and, and things and considerations and that stuff's fun and great. But really sitting down at the table with somebody and helping them feel fulfilled uh, in their life, in, the, in this new phase of their life, in this last great transition in their life. You know, it, it's why I do what I do. I, ju I just get such a kick out of helping people do that. And we've we've helped clients do that. We're going to continue helping clients uh, achieve that. So excited to, to keep going at it. What does financial freedom feel like? Smooth sailing for Harborcrest clients. Mike Hennessy, thanks so much for speaking with us. Thanks, Gil. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, consider passing it on to one other advisor. Also, feel free to contact me at gil at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.